0: up y'all sean chris host of kill the mockingbirds just wanted to reach out and say i appreciate all the patience to everybody that you know all the bird killers out there that's what y'all are we all out here dropping truth trying to find out what's really going on in the world and you know i was on a brief break for a little bit uh getting things together you know i was able to now upgrade the system video coming now uh i just finished uh, this video this uh, what you're about to hear I had a great interview with Miguel Connor um, he's got some great information I think you'll enjoy it but uh, get ready uh, for more and more good episodes because we're back uh, back in effect. Got things running and rolling, and I want to appreciate all those five stars still coming through. Let's go. We got from Spotify, we got Mike I. Wonderful job commanding the episode, Sean. Love hearing what you guys have to say always. Thank you for your work and time in this project. Appreciate you, Mike, man. That's what we do it for. Uh, Buzz T M from Spotify said, did Joel finally meet Sasquatch? Go through a portal? Sean, blink twice if your channel has been commandeered by a three-letter agency Brat. booyah dog boom boom daddy that's right man uh, those, those kind of comments always crack us up man and for all the people you know joe's doing well man he's uh got some good stuff coming for y'all and we'll be definitely plugging it when uh that comes out let y'all know now from apple Podcasts, we got user reese 8590 awesome show Love the show. Kick and tail, sharing it every day. Keep killing it. Appreciate that, you know. Trying to come up with some fire and I guarantee you we got some great guests coming up, also some shows that I've got uh special developed and uh we got great show from LJ Skies, killing it with fresh perspective and deep thought. And last from podcast, uh, I mean Apple podcast, Keith Smith 48. Tighter Cheeks, awesome show week to week. Give a new perspective on what you need to keep your butt cheeks tight. Keep them tight, y'all. Appreciate y'all. Like I said, got some fire upcoming things. Stay tuned. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another motherfucking episode of Kill the Mockingbirds with your host, Sean Chris And don't forget, we'll get all this stuff out in front. You can check out KillTheMockingbirds.com for all the information, whether it's the music, the podcast, or anything else. But today, we have a special guest, a voiceover magician, an author of several burnable books, and host of the Eon Byte Gnostic Radio, Miguel Connor. What's up, man?
1: Thanks for having me on. Could you
0: let everybody know where they can find you or uh, where they can find some of your stuff?
1: Yeah, so far, before everything gets banned, uh, my website is uh, thegodabovegod.com. Or if they just want to uh, type in the, in the address bar, the name of my podcast, Aeon, A-E-O-N, Byte, B-Y-T-E, Gnostic Radio, should pop up. And that's really where all my stuff is, podcasts, videos, articles, books, uh, social media courses, all that good stuff should be found there.
0: Yeah. You have a lot of great, uh, material on your website. Uh, looks like you got a lot of things to people could study on themselves to become their own researcher, not just like, uh, telling them things, but giving them the tools that they can use to really dig stuff up. Uh, I did bring you on for a certain subject, but uh, I was going through your website and stuff like that. And, um, just out of curiosity to myself, uh, I know a lot of people talked about Gnostics and like, what really is Gnosticism? Like, like what is, if I'm even saying it right, You know, what I mean? I'm not you're even sure if that's the right. pronunciation of it.
1: Well, that's obviously if you had a Buddhist or a Christian, they, they, one hour wouldn't be enough. So, uh, but I should at least try an elevator pitch and then we can unpack and go whatever direction you want. But Gnosticism is, uh, as uh, Stefan Heller said, it's an ancient way of inner knowing. And it is an ancient movement. I wouldn't call it a religion. I think it's more of a, as uh, April DeCone called it, a met- metaphysical orientation. Or uh, you might say spiritual modality, like shamanism. There's no church of shamanism. You're not going to run into a group of uh organized shamans or anything like that, even though shamanism is called the world's oldest religion, it is more a spiritual modality that attaches itself to different, to other organized religions or philosophies and so forth. But the best definition or the most solid uh, uh, model of Gnosticism probably happened 2000 years ago. And uh, what the Gnostics posited was that basically We were shards of a supreme consciousness that had become trapped in a sort of simulation, not a false reality as you might uh, have in the East and Eastern tradition, but a fake reality. It's a construct. It is coded specifically to keep us down here trapped and forgetful of our true origins. Now, the Gnostics always disagreed because uh, they were always sort of an uh, anarchist group. They were more about lodges and teachings instead of organized religions. Plus, like I said, they attached themselves to different other religions. Uh, So they disagreed on how bad it was. Some said, yes, we are trapped in a terrible simulation. And there are these beings that are feeding upon us, which they call the archons, headed by a chief archon. Known as the Demiurge, which they often associated with the God of the Hebrew Bible, some Gnostics said, "No, no, no, this is all part of the plan. This simulation is just a cosmic gym, so we can become stronger and know more about ourselves it's It's the mind of God knowing it knowing itself through different uh through different aspects or avatars, if you would, and then eventually the video game's over, and all of us will go up to the main player. And, uh, but regardless of what they thought, the main goal of Gnosticism was awakening. As the gospel of Philip says, the mother of all sins is ignorance. That's the greatest sins any human can commit on any level, mind you. And through the teachings of a revealer, a Gnostic revealer, I guess if we want to go to the movies, that would be Morpheus in the Matrix. Through the teachings and mysteries, ecstatic, Uh, ecstatic rituals, again, the Gnostics were shamanistic, we could awaken to the reality of the world, uh, see it as a construct, and also uh, awaken to find paths beyond this universe to make contact with this supreme consciousness. And that's more or less it in a nutshell. Obviously, Gnosticism had other variations, uh, belief in reincarnation, a, a advocacy for a divine feminine principle the idea of deconstructing uh old texts like jewish or pagan texts kind of like today it's fun to deconstruct comic books with the boys or invincible or whatever or, or deadpool the gnostics were doing that with uh with these ancient texts because they saw them as uh ways of awakening and finding insights obviously the gnostics The Gnostic idea didn't go well in ancient times, more like a lead balloon. So throughout history, they're mostly persecuted in their various manifestations, whether it was Christian Gnosticism, pagan Gnosticism like the Hermeticists, Sufis, Kabbalists, the Cathars in medieval Europe, and so forth and so forth. So I would say that's, yeah, I think that's a working definition of Gnosticism.
0: Yeah, because it seems like uh, people have... Like grouped it together as it's one thing, like when you're talking to masses like right when you hear the word oh they're gnostic they're like the way people interpret it is, is almost like they're like uh, the black sheep of the of the groups right like they hey man, like they know some you know they're like conspiracy theorists like pretty much the conspiracy theorists of the spiritual realm, if you will right and and i've I don't know too much about it, but I'm like a really open guy like i I wouldn't. I believe in Jesus and God. I don't know what that means really. Like I I think that it's foolish for me to even kind of like consider what that means right now. Uh, I just know it's something that there's above me and whatever that may be, could be anything. Right. And I think that it seems that some of these religions have kind of cornered that market? And they're like, no, 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 no. There's only one divine thing, and that's the miracles we're telling you. There's nothing else, like, you know, fantastical about the world. It's just these few stories we're telling you. And it seems that to me, when you, like, look through history and a lot of the Gnostic ideas, they had more critical thinking and kind of pushing the boundaries of what the times were thinking.
1: For sure. I mean, as I mentioned, the Gnostics really appeared in small lodges across the Greco-Roman world and the Roman Empire. And they weren't about organized religion. They were about the passing of knowledge and the ability to find an experience and the ability to heal. They were kind of like AA chapters, right? There's no one AA you know, government. It's all these people that have this interest, which is to say stay sober and make contact with their higher power. And that's kind of what the Gnostics were doing. And they were really were doing therapy and a lot of their rituals, they would just sit down and share their problems. This is 2,000 years ago. So they were definitely a, uh, as some have called him, a religion of the mind, a religion of healing, a religion of therapy, and certainly a religion or movement of uh, awakening. And they certainly saw Jesus as one of the Gnostic revealers, but they just disagree with uh, with the uh, the rising Christian Church. Jesus, they didn't they didn't believe Jesus came to save us from our sins or there was just some sort of a sacrificial death. They believe Jesus came to wake us up to our true reality and hand us these rituals and exercises that would make them like him. I mean, uh, I mean, Paul does talk about, yeah, we must have the mind of Christ and the Gnostics certainly took that. The The Gnostics were very much into Paul. When you take off your Sunday glasses, what Paul's really saying. And like the gospel of Philip also says, uh, you must you can you you must not resurrect after you're dead. The resurrection needs to happen now. In other words, you need to become Christ like and follow Christ's behavior and attitudes and teachings while you are in the flesh. It even says, you know, if you see Christ, you, if you see Christ truly as Christ is, you will become Christ. That's what we humans do, which is true. We mimic pretty well whether we like it or not and if we see the true jesus we're probably gonna you know find out we want to be like him
0: oh most definitely and and what i've noticed like uh since i've been doing this podcast for the last three years or so i mean i've always dialed down different you know interesting topics and things of that nature you know we always hear about freemasons occultists gnostic uh, esoteric things and one thing that really stood out to me is, like, when you go to the Illuminati or Freemasons or whatever group you want to label, it seems that at their time, now, whatever they may be today, but they're usually started as almost like the the counterculture, the one that's going against whatever ruling uh, authoritarianism uh, devices input. And then they have good thoughts, but since then they get labeled through history, whatever, uh, like... Uh, 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 esoteric eddie i've had him on before and he talks about saint lucifer and i've i've always thought that that was an incredible story because you're like dang man they they didn't like this guy so much that they were like yeah he's the devil lucifer devil <laughs> you know because I mean? they didn't like his ideas and i think we're seeing we could kind of see that we haven't moved too much through history because we're still doing the same things right? Like, we're arguing over stuff instead of listening to each other and trying to embrace it. So I think we're going to create a new Freemason, a new Illuminati, That which at first may be good and there to fight the system, but eventually it gets too powerful and we end up with where we're at.
1: Yeah, well, that's the ancient fight. The rights of the individual versus the right of the state. That has not ended. The collective versus the individual. And throughout history that's been, as many have noted, orthodoxy versus Gnosticism. Who is... uh, who calls out uh, who you're meant to be? Who has uh, access to that information that will set you free? And this has been going on. It's a tale as old as time. Ta- as old as time. As uh, I always love this quote by Eric Hoffer from his book True Believer, where he says, uh, "Every great cause starts as a movement." Turns into a business and degenerates into a racket, and I, I don't think there are any exceptions in this world. I guess you could say the Gnostics, because again, they were so anar- they were so persecuted, and also they were so anarchistic that getting organized was almost impossible. It just even some of there were some large movements, but again, Gnosticism is more about always attaching yourself to a society or a religion. And then working there, working your stuff from there. That's why, you know, there's cats like James Lindsay or Jordan Peterson, and they'll talk shit about Gnosticism, and they'll say, ah, it's a parasitic religion. I'm like, yes and no, it is, but it isn't. Again, shamanism is not a, you can say shamanism is a parasitic religion. Is meditation a parasitic religion? Yes and no, yes and no. But yeah, it always cracks me up because people on the right, They'll sit around and ah, nah, the Gnostics suck, but then they'll start talking about Gnostic ideas, simulation and demons controlling yeah. the universe and all that. So like, wait wait, 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 wait,
0: wait, 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 yeah. you're like, Hey, that's not your idea. That's what I find humorous as well, that people want to go and even like, you know, meditation and yoga and like, I can understand the idea. Like I've heard people say, we've had conversations before. They're like, hey, man, you know, doing yoga opens you up for demons. But I'm like, well, isn't going to church opening anything, opening you up to something beyond us. And that could be just me thinking, meditating in my room or even praying because praying is meditating. And I think that instead of like embracing like, oh, that's different. Why do you do that? Or like, hey, maybe I can incorporate a little bit of that with what I do. We automatically not everybody, but the masses are like, oh, no, 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 no. Jordan Peterson, like you said, he said, that's bad. So, hey, man, don't even go there. The devil's coming. And they have that Ricky, uh, the uh, what's it called? Uh, not Ricky, Bobby, the Bobby Boucher's mom. Like, it's the devil. You know what I mean? Everything's the devil. And we keep getting to this point. Again, it's like we keep repeating history as well. Like, I mean, we had the satanic panic. It's not necessarily about music. It is a little bit, right? There's some of this music, and there is influences in music. There's tons of influences in music. But I don't believe that there's one source influencing everything right like I think there is individualism within these uh people that are entertainers and influencers instead of just like saying making it seem like oh well you know the Illuminati runs him and he's he's trying to get you to buy more milk or like you know what I mean he's trying to sell you more cars which is a a layer of it but I think there's also these individuals that learn how to kind of harness their powers and really touch the public now Once they figure that out, do people use that to their advantage? Sure. But I think the whole thing about it is that people want to clump everything into one group. And I think seeing pieces and that seems like what a lot of Gnostics were doing was attaching to different religions to get different ideas so you can have a better perspective.
1: Yeah, I would say so, too. Yeah, for sure.
0: And to go off a little bit on the music tip, that's kind of like why I really wanted to get into with you is like... I I heard you on Tim tinfoil hat talking about Elvis Presley. And I was just like, wow, like a lot of stuff that I did not realize. And that's kind of gave me some of that mindset as well, because I do music myself and throughout time, you know, I'm, I'm 40 years old, but even before that, you know, they're like, Hey, play this record backwards. And it says, blah, 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 blah. Or, Hey, this guy sold his soul for such and such. And there is things that we could point to like, you know, Hey, uh, uh, this guy's of dad was in the uh, you know, the, the naval uh, intelligence and we could point to things of that history right. but when you're talking about Elvis, it really got me into the thinking of like, well, there is people too that know how to harness this power that may be doing it for themselves and it's not just somebody or an entity behind them, they've just figured something else out that we haven't
1: Yeah, I think it's possible definitely possible, yeah, it's a tangled web music, that's for sure it's uh, obviously any kind of art or religion, you're going to have powers that want to manipulate it or influence it because that's how you manipulate the masses. I mean, again, that's a tale as old as time, the priest and the king in ancient times, and you got musicians and artists today. So actors, Hollywood. So those who control the myth of the nation control the mind of the people. So that's Hollywood controls our myths and they can control the information and how we really shape the consciousness of the West.
0: I absolutely agree with that. And it seemed like Elvis was one of the first like catapulted, at least for what we could see in modern times with the technology. He was, you know, then the Beatles came and other, you get the Jacksons and the, and the uh, Justin Bieber's and so on and so forth. But the first cultural icon and it seems like the first american product because i believe right now our best imported pro- uh, uh exported product is entertainment you know what i mean if you go around the world you're hearing american music watching american movies our entertainment is probably our biggest export that nobody talks about that's why there is a lot of the hollywood influence and like i said elvis seems to be one of the catalysts of this hey the boy next door everybody loves. He's the, just the guy that just sings to you. And then the girls love him and all the guys want to be like him. That whole image of that.
1: Certainly. But I think people forget how much, uh, how controversial he was when he came out. I mean, half of the country, the status quo hated him. They wanted him gone because he was like, he really was an atomic bomb on the psyche of this country. As we came out of World War II, we were in the post-war era We came to this brave new world of communism, nuclear bombs, UFO sightings, more money than God, consumerism, and the world saw this empire called the United States that human history had never even seen before, with more power than could, and continuous technological advancements. Elvis was basically at the forefront of that. He was what the teenagers who were starting to take over the world and would uh, work in the world needed as their hero or their Pied Piper or their uh, whatever you want to call it, their shaman, as I call them in my upcoming book. And he really held it together, and he was uh, he really t- he really changed everything. I mean, he the idea of. Uh, adopting other types of music, like black music or Hispanic music, or even opera, which things that he was doing it and throwing them together in a pie and mixing and matching gospel music and country and blues and throwing it together. That wasn't done before, but that became like part of our American characteristic. We throw everything together and somehow we come up with something innovative. Same with women. He became, as some have said, the first time where it was appropriate for women to objectify objectify men. Before it was always, you know, guys looking at chicks, right? With Elvis, it was like women could be openly uh, sexual and sensual and let it all out on stage and at concerts and all that. And so, and he was obviously one of the great adapters of all type of modern technology and mass media which was television the jukebox the 45 and everything i mean in my book i just go over and over how he was right there at the crossroads and in a way he is america's magician he is american culture for the good and the bad there's the excess there's the you know materialism there's the uh consumerism and all that, the dark side of Elvis, but then there's the the light side of Elvis, this American syncretism, innovation, uh, this positivity and idea that we can tackle together as one people and just create something new. And he really represented the post-war American empire. And uh, like I said, in my book, he was uh, as magical as they come.
0: Yeah, it really seems like that. And you saying uh, him mashing all these musics together is interesting because, you know, after that time, 60s, 70s, 80s, tons of music came and built new genres off, taking something from this and taking something from that. Like, you know, some of the classic rock mixing things together, some of like the rock blues, some of, and then you go into hip hop and all these things. And now, like you said, it's a natural it's kind of like a standard in music that if you're not able to do multiple things, you're not really considered music, musical, like, uh, inclined appropriate
1: appropriate or you'll get canceled though. (laughs) And Elvis had to go through that. You just got to not care. Elvis had to go through that because there were both, uh, there were many African Americans who were very happy about it. Like his friend, BB King, because he elevated these different type of alternative music, just like Richie Valens, uh, you know, elevated Hispanic LA kind of rock music back in those days. And that brought a lot of attention and that really changed music and, uh, you know, really helped black people rise in so many ways. But there were others like Ray Charles and so they were just like, nah, he's just stealing our music so he can make millions. So. Even Elvis had to go through the whole appropriation cancel culture while he was doing his thing. But he didn't care. He would just, if he liked something, if he liked whether it was church music or rhythm and blues or whatever it was, he was going to take it.
0: And some people like uh, I did an episode on on Lincoln one time and we were speaking about Elvis as well. And some people have the theory that he's Melungian, like Melungian mixed uh, native, I think European and African descent it's like and that's why they think that some people like so on the face of it people that don't know him were like oh he's just this white guy appropriating the music and then on the inner circle some believe that like well he was really in that inner circle cuz he was Malungie and i don't know that to be true i'm just you know it it's possible i mean people were really hiding things and trying to be I mean, still to this day, people will be like, look at Ka- Kamala Harris, man, right? She's like, I'm African-American, but she's really Jamaican. She's Jamaican when it's <laughs> convenient, and then she's African-American. We see that quite a bit. And it's like everything you're saying is just reminds me. I know it's we keep saying it, but it is this repeat of history again, man, like cancel culture. It never goes away. It's just we're canceling something different. You know, I, I've i gotten a lot of people mad. I'd say uh, the evangelist Christians are the original cancel culture. You know, they were canceling everything because, oh, well, you can't listen to that. That, that, will, that will get you right to the devil. And we're in this struggle all the time. So he had both sides, right? He had people mad at him for co- uh, appropriating the culture, but then also that, hey, he's not— wholesome right like the the religious crowds were also he's not wholesome hey look how he's dancing what he's doing to the women so he had kind of like that he was in the middle with both uh sides really going at him the left and the right i mean different at that time but still both mad at him
2: this is your invitation to a master class in engineering and design your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the lexus performance line a feeling this dynamic is invite only fortunately you're invited Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus performance line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the invitation to Lexus sales event. Now through April 1st experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
1: Yeah. His own pastor turned on him. Uh, Billy Graham said he was of the devil. Obviously the old guard like Frank Sinatra didn't like him. I mean, he, cause he was so disruptive. He changed everything again how women acted, how men acted, how music was approached, how you dressed, your attitude in life. I mean, he changed everything. People don't understand. I mean, today, Taylor Swift is uber famous, like that kind of generational fame you rarely see, but Elvis was that famous and he was changing everything. How, again, he was changing the country single-handedly. I mean, like John Lennon said, before Elvis, there was nothing. He said that when he heard Heartbreak Hotel, it's like he he woke up. Bob Dylan said the same thing and Bruce Springsteen is like we were in a fog as young people. And Elvis kind of like told us, oh, my God, we can move forward. We can create. We can participate in the American dream as artists, as original artists. We can be individuals. We don't have to be what our parents are and that and so many others david lynch so many others you start with david bowie said uh elvis was his idol and who he mimicked from the jumpsuits to the hair it was all so it was it was a huge change but again change always brings resistance and uh that's what's going to happen and he was able to ride the whole cancel thing and really overcome and change this country for the better sometimes i think uh before he died, he's like, when I go, things are going to change really fast. And he, I think he's right. I think it's almost like this country lost its soul.
0: Yeah, that's a, a good point. Now, do you think, are you in the mindset of him just being organically an artist that just was so different that he changed everything? Or do you think he had help, whether it be secret organizations or like maybe some spiritual like help of bringing him to light? Or do you think it was a mixture of, of all
1: or some? That's a good question. Uh, a mixture. Well, there are books and I talked about it in uh, recluse, Steven Snyder's uh, podcast. Yeah. There are plenty of books, you know, he's a creation of the CIA or whatever the CIA was called in the early fifties. Uh, or early stage. He was a creation of the Jews. He was a creation. He was a mixture. He was yeah. a deep state and all that. But none of these really passed the test, um, that there was some sort of, uh, creation manufacturing. He was, I mean, we do know now, sadly, like when you watch those scenes in the sixties with the girls screaming, those were manufactured for the Beatles but for Elvis it was completely organic i mean he could cause riots and women were passing out and that was completely natural because again he just he came out of nowhere this just 20 year old kid with a guitar and just uh exploded on the scene but i think it was a spiritual thing i mean um uh, it's his success is so unlikely and so strange how it happened i mean you had this very poor child from Mississippi. I mean, they grew up, people forget in the great depression was bad, but in places like Mississippi, it was like North Korea. And it didn't matter whether you were black, Jewish, white, or (laughs) you were so dirt poor, you could barely survive. I mean, they lived uh, in conditions that would shock you. Some nights, all they, all he and his family had were cornbread and water. There were times they were homeless. It was bad. And um, he had a hard life. I mean, when he was born, he lost his twin at birth. And if studies have shown twinless survivors are, all, are damaged for life because they always feel something's missing. They have this thing called survivor's guilt. But at the same time, they're very driven people. And with Elvis... It created this egregore or other person, which happened to Philip K. Dick, William Blake, uh, Liberace. His dead twin became his conscious and a voice in his head and something that guided him. And it didn't help too that it, he did come from some sort of witch blood or mystic blood because his mom had this second sight. Where she could see uh demons or angels she could uh go into altered states of consciousness, and she passed down that to Elvis, but also the idea of a Pentecostal music, which was basically holy rolling spirit, or as some have said in those days was mixing salvation and sex, where you just they're they're playing in the they're playing in the forest and they all started getting the Holy Spirit and touching each other. That was Elvis's life as a kid and his mother. And if some scholars are said, this is just American shamanism, altered states of mind, possessed by a spirit. You take a journey to heaven. So that was his life. So it's almost like he was set up for this stuff because when rock and roll came out, many of the critics were like, Rock and roll. This is just gospel music. It's Southern gospel black music or white music. Or some would go to rock concerts and then say, This is like a holy tent revival. You know, it's except now they're talking, instead of talking about Jesus, they're saying, Baby, baby, I love you. But it was the same thing. So the shamanistic thing that Elvis was about, once he was given a chance really translated the spirituality of him, plus the blues, which of course is very animistic, very mystical. Some have said demonic. Yes, the devil and the blues are tied together, but it's not the same devil as the Bible devil. He's more of a, a trickster spirit. He's more of a kind of a trickster spirit that maybe blacks brought back from Africa or something like that. And uh, this this mixture... It's almost when he went to Memphis, which, of course, means the city between lands, uh, and as the United States was coming to a crossroads, he was in the right place. It's almost like he was destined to do it. And um, that's, that, yeah, that's really what happened. He was a shaman, and he took the shamanistic music, and it changed the world. And others were like that, too. I mean, we forget uh, the background of Elvis. You had it with Johnny Cash. You had it with B.B. King. You had it with Jerry Lee Lewis. You had it with Carl Perkins was this basically shamanistic Christian vibe and bang into mix it with technology, uh, ramp it up with sex and testosterone, uh, make Jesus into some sort of mystic figure, bring the devil in and bam, we got rock music and we are changing the world.
0: And it definitely did change the whole landscape because music is a huge part of culture in general for a long time and then the American culture, and then you could see the music reflect the society or society reflect the music, depending on how we're looking at it. It seems to me that he's kind of the blueprint, whether like organically, which I kind of believe more of the organic tip. Cause I think that everybody thinks everything's a plant or somebody made this whole wrote the script out yeah. and they, you know, Hey, uh, we're gonna pick this guy. We uh we did a roll. I think they saw they see things happening unfolding and they use it to their advantage, if possible. Now maybe they couldn't use Elvis, but what they could do is go, hey, if we kind of copy that, now you can get like you know uh, Jim Morrison, and you go, okay, well maybe that is a Jim Morrison. That makes sense because you could connect the dots where his uh, with his dad being a naval intelligence and stuff like that. To me, Elvis is a grassroots thing that happened that maybe elites or powerful people of the time or people that wanted to change the perspective of people knew that they could latch onto. So I think there's pockets of them pushing back and getting that narrative of whether you call it the deep state mate, whatever uh, name we use to call them, or it's just people breaking through. And I think that too many people think everything's either fake or uh, everything's scripted that we can't do it. And I'm like, it can be done. Like people are doing it. We're seeing that success. Not everybody's successful. So their soul. not everybody's successful is in a secret society. They can be pushed into directions and used as useful idiots, but most likely it's half and half or like, you know, probably less than that, but you know, different degrees of the
1: percentages. Yeah, for sure. And of course we have to mention that for you know, social engineering, it uh, it really didn't, it had to include LSD and other drugs. That was the thing with, uh, that was the thing. And obviously when Elvis exploded in the early 50s, again, especially in the South. Yeah, there's these kind of, uh, whether it was uh, Pentecostal churches or rock concerts with Elvis, everybody was dry. Everybody was clean, pretty much. So it was, it was all fueled by emotion, desire and an ability to contact the spirit if you know what i mean
0: it was the first of its kind and i think people reacted in a different way because it's something they never saw before like you said everything before was very tight-knit uh wholesome you know hey don't Don't yell too loud. Don't scream. This is how the audience is supposed to react. Everybody had their cues. And I felt like he kind of broke this uh, musical matrix, uh, for lack of a better term, that they were creating. And I think that they may have tried to utilize it. The same thing that happened with the Internet, right? I think that maybe it could have been a a tool that was like, hey, we could use this uh, to control people, but then it's also like, well, people also learn how to use the internet and now they can fight back with it. It's a similar thing with music, and I feel that Elvis was that catalyst that kind of showed people like, hey, we could do this. It doesn't have to be done with uh, someone backing you. And I get it that back then music was a lot different. There wasn't these huge corporations running it, but they didn't even see how valuable music was until Elvis came along. Like they thought of it more of a sideshow.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, cause he broke so many records. I mean, he was just, he completely took over the entire music industry. Yeah. There were big companies like, I mean, he did sign with RCA and he was already an up and coming star, but RCA was really able to amplify the music. And of course, as I said, he took advantage of this thing called television. Now all of a sudden you had this figure, like you said, shaking his hips and screaming, this sort of uh, uh, this sort of subversive yet beautiful sound, and teenagers, boys and girls, suddenly, were, he was right there in their living room, and they just couldn't they couldn't handle it. They just they became completely rebellious, liberated, and best of all, curious. They became curious about other cultures, other alternative musics literature, you know, it really expanded the mind. So Elvis was at the right time and it was good for him to, uh, exploit. And again, the, he matched the personality of those days because again, teenagers came into this Eisenhower America where you had so much money, the days where you you could work and have two cars and, uh, two cars in a garage big enough and a house and take two weeks vacation and put your kids through college and all that so there's all this money but there was also all this fear because suddenly we had threat of nuclear war suddenly the soviets who are allies are now our mortal enemies we got things in asia rumblings in asia we got yeah there's wars there's uh ufo sightings we're starting to see the world shrink with mass media and we're like this world is beautiful but it's also very deadly it's going to end these teenagers of course Elvis and others, Johnny Cash, and all those were the perfect vehicles to create this sort of, I mean, like Lana Del Rey uh, captured as well, this sort of melancholic, moody, kind of cool, doesn't, he's stoic, but he's existentialist. He doesn't trust anybody, but he has hope and stuff. You know, you've seen the archetype with James Dean or Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe and Elvis was at the front. He was like... This is what our leader live in this brave new empire. This is what our leader should look like.
0: And I heard you speak a lot about like his spiritual side and, um, you know, his mom's bloodline with, the- and you were speaking of like him being like a healer, like uh, getting headaches away from, I think it was uh, at Marie Marine Presley. Uh, no, Priscilla's uh, wife. That was his wife or his daughter? His wife. Priscilla,
1: Priscilla, his wife. Yeah. He was. The, so uh, you were
0: saying that he had healing powers.
1: He had all types of magical powers, and I, I, I detail this in my book. And again, there's a lot of, I mean, there was already a, a conspiracy cottage industry after he died while he was alive. I mean, remember tabloids and documentaries, and they're still there. Hundreds of books, thousands of books and stories. But I just use exactly people around him who wrote biographies that have been vetted. And, you know, Priscilla's wife, his bodyguards, his family members, childhood friends, military buddies, everybody. And he was just a magical being. And the world seems to have just ignored it. They couldn't handle it. But yeah, he was a natural healer. Priscilla said if she had a headache, she would just touch her, would go. He healed his grandmother, Minnie Mae's arthritis. He healed heart attacks. He could heal wounds. I mean, it was just a natural ability which he learned from again from the pentecostal churches but then when he started getting into more occult stuff like theosophy and numerology and shamanism he started developing and even strengthening it even more and he was he had other abilities he was a full-blown mystic much people don't know he could uh he could manipulate weather he can telekinetic powers he could read minds, he had the power of prophecy, he had several mystical experiences, he could astral travel. I mean, over and over, he really was a full-blown mystic. He really took from his mother and just really developed it to levels. And I'm sure that's part of his fame, because again, people say he could predict what was going to happen, or he knew what you were thinking or feeling before you even did. It was just a natural thing that he did. And, uh, that's probably what helped a lot with his career, although obviously his drug use and other things kind of even things out yeah. as he went. Like most rock stars, there was that self-destructive thing. But he was he was into occultism, mm-hmm. alternative spirituality, and he was a full-blown magic user, mystic, whatever you want to call it. And he was a when you very say red occult- pilled. He was into conspiracies before they were in. You know, in the early 60s, he was like, ah, there's no way, John F. Kennedy, there was one lone gunman. He thought that the White House was hiding things about UFOs and the Vatican was hiding secret texts. And, you know, way ahead of us, he was was on the cutting edge of the truth or red pill community, if you know what I mean. So he was all over the place. He was a a remarkable individual.
0: And when you say a cult, like... I think uh, that's what I was speaking to earlier when we are talking about like labels. I think that you hear a cult, that means that he's like in the club, right? In the fraternity. But you're more talking about like being his own personal mystic of like yeah. learning his spiritual powers and his own healing, not like this group of people that he's sacrificing and drinking a bunch of blood. No, no, blood no, 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 no. I mean, yeah, he was,
1: uh, he was, it was, again, he was a Gnostic. He, when he became, he started studying Yogananda. Eastern traditions. He believed the world was an illusion. He believed that there were dark forces above us. He started really believing in the idea of a secret brotherhood and Freemasons. And he really, I think he hoped, more like he hoped that these people were trying to make the world a better place. And he thought he had a role in this world to make a better place. I mean, he thought Jesus and Buddha and Zoroaster and Moses, these were just enlightened people who were trying to help humanity, and he wanted to be like them, but he was never officially uh, part of any sort of secret or gonna, I mean, he was so big, I mean, what, you think Elvis could go to a Freemason Hall without being spotted? He couldn't. He, yeah. he had to stop going to church, <laughs> yeah. even in the 50s, because he couldn't go to church. It would be, it would be too disruptive. So uh, he was his own man, if you know what I mean, but he He really thought that these organizations believed in the good and were trying to help. Remember, he was reading all this stuff from Yogananda to Theosophy to Manly P. Hall in the early mid-60s. So, you know, he, he didn't have the internet or the information. He only had what was available at the time when it came to alternative spirituality. But he still was pretty advanced. I mean, he read the Book of Enoch. He read Von Daniken's Chariot of the Gods the Urantian books. So he was perfectly fine with the ancient astronaut theory or aliens. So very open-minded guy, you know, he thought there was a lot of truth to 2001, a space odyssey. He loved Kubrick. Uh, so yeah, he was an open mind guy, but yeah, he was pretty much a, a loner, an individual when it came to uh, spiritual matters.
0: Yeah. And that I think is something that is mistaken that somebody can do it on their own right like they don't need a a group of people you can have these we all have this spiritual journey and i think because we get caught up in whatever our parents taught us or the foundation that was built upon you that you reject all this other thought processes that might push you into the right direction and like whether it be freemasonry or these other groups of course at the time or even when they're developed through their roots it seems that they're based on if you look at their principles that, yeah, they're trying to help right now. Does that, is that in various ways? So easily anybody could fall for that, especially like you said, in the uh, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know what I mean? When we don't have as much access. And plus, I think it's not as much of a fear as what people think. I I personally believe that there is no one group that is controlling everything. It's just this bunch of different factions of powerful people throughout the world that just kind of keep pulling these strings. And I think, what happens is, in the way they use it is, they these idols come about like a Taylor Swift, an Elvis, the Beatles, whatever they may be. They can come out naturally. Now, some I think they are industry plants for sure, but there's these also organic ones because you can tell these organic. Like you were saying, there's you seen people passing out. Like uh, same thing with like Michael Jackson. That was pretty organic as well. But you can use those people because you know they're going to listen to whatever they say. Now, if you can get to that person. Cool. Like, if you can go, hey, Elvis, can you uh, start slinging some Pfizer shots? You know what (laughs) I mean? And if he's like, yeah, sure, man. Like, that's great for you. But you might not be able to, but you can, uh, like, emulate that. And that's what I think people forget is there's actually people that have the capability because – our creator made us strong enough. And if you really harness our powers that we can break through those plateaus that people think is, it has to be a bloodline or has to be nepotism, but it's not, it's these things at the perfect time. He came about at a time when it was needed and there's no denying him at that time.
1: Yeah. He was America's shaman. As I tell people, he's the high priest of this country. The true capital is Memphis and our true uh, temple is Vegas. As corny as it sounds, that is America. We are a land of, uh, as philosophers have said, we are hardworking, we are good people, we are innovative, but we love creating false realities, fake things, and making things as goofy as possible, whether it's Vegas, Disney, Branson, Missouri. uh, Americans like to create these fake little realities that mix all these cultures together, like Elvis with his astic clothing vegas clothing and his uh all the weird stuff he had is at uh graceland it's just what americans are for better or worse when you stifle that that's when we start to die as a country and we are like we've been talking we are the kind of people like the romans we want to throw just shit together and just see what happens and have a good time whether it's invention music art and uh that's how that's what that's how we thrive and we we're not a good kind of people that should be controlled should have too many laws because we are out of control gnostics at our heart that's who we are
0: i totally agree and and i i really appreciate your time you know but before we get out of here can you do me one more favor and let everybody know where they can find your website uh, any socials or anything that they can find all your material.
1: Well, again, <clears throat> excuse me. If you type on Aeon Byte A E O N B Y T E Gnostic Radio, it'll my website will come up. The God Above God, but you'll also see probably my YouTube channel, Facebook, Twitter. It's all there at the website. So, however you want to interact with me, whether it's Instagram or you want to sign up to the newsletter or send me a message or you just want to consume whatever content i have the many podcasts uh, books videos and stuff that's uh, that's up to you so but i would say that's the best way
0: and that link will be right below in the show notes click that link subscribe Leave him a message, go read some of his books Miguel, thank you so much for coming out Tonight and uh, enlightening us on some Cool stuff, man, like I think that's really neat About Elvis, man, I love music So it's like right up my alley, man, appreciate your time
1: Thank you, thank you very much I couldn't help it, I have to master The Elvis <laughs> accent, thank you Thanks for having me, it was fun No,
0: no problem, we'll go out like this right, you. Going...
2: Uh, I'd like to tell you, friends I'd like to tell you, please, ladies and gentlemen I'd like to tell you that on Thanksgiving Day I think that our new picture is to be released and, uh, and also we'll be back with Mr. Ed Sullivan in January I'd like to thank all the millions of wonderful people that are watching tonight, friends and, uh, and uh, I'd like to say this until we meet you again may God bless you as he's me. Thank you very much.
0: I hope everybody's having a happy Thanksgiving. You know how we do it here. Wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. Despite of
2: all the lies above and propaganda, we stand united. We stand strong. The beacon of life and hope and freedom for the entire world. They want your freedom. Don't let them take you away. Living on your feet, you'll never die in a They want your freedom. They want your freedom. They want your freedom. Don't let them take it away. Living on your feet, you'll never die in they chase. They want your freedom. They want your freedom. I fear no evil. The power's with the people. No Democrats, Republicans. They puppets on strings. Locked and loaded. Fuck a convoy. Freedom convoy. Hold the line boys, rat-tat-tat-tat, motherfucker reload. The definition of hypocritical contradiction Is politicians sparking the flames of division Her leaders try to tax you to death Trap you in debt Drowning in propaganda, gasping for breath Censorship, totalitarian technocrats They checking facts, clapping back Acrobatic aristocrats They want you to own nothing and be happy Or get suicided like Jeffrey Epstein and Isaac Happy. They want your freedom Don't let them take it away on your feet you will never die in they chase they want your freedom they want your freedom they want your freedom don't let them take it away living on your feet you'll never die in their chase they want your freedom they want your freedom they want your freedom don't let them take it away they want your freedom don't let them take it away they want you I want your freedom